It was the race of the century. The race of the century. Mary Magdalene had just come from the tomb, emotional, crying, telling the disciples that the body of Jesus was missing. Peter, who had just hours before had denied Jesus three times, and John, the youngest of the disciples, take off for the tomb. And the world would never be the same again. This morning, I want to take us to the tomb. And as we run toward the empty tomb with these two disciples, we'll be looking at the three ways that Mary and John and Peter see the real Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the Jesus who brings victory to the worst of life. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. May these words be your words, and for all that I don't speak or misspeak, may you fill in the gaps. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that all of us, including me, would hear your word for us today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. John arrives at the tomb first. Obviously, he was younger, you know, and so he outran his brother Peter. Despite winning the race, John hesitates. He looks into the tomb, and he sees that the body of Jesus is missing. And for some reason, he doesn't go in. In the Greek, there are three words for to see. Three words. And when John looks into the tomb, when he saw the empty tomb, he used the word blipo. The word literally means to observe without understanding. It's kind of like when you drive home at night from, from work and someone says to you, what did you see on the way home? Uh, duh. We look, we see without understanding. But it's really more than that for John because he was seeing the tomb through the eyes of his past. He was at the cross when Jesus died. He watched the last breath. He heard the last words of Jesus. He saw him die. If the tomb is empty, the body must have been stolen. So he observes without understanding. It's the same word that's used to describe what, in, in verse 1, the way that Mary sees the empty tomb. Belipo, without understanding. Their eyes were clouded with the pain of the past. We all have times in our own lives when the pain of the past holds us back. We practice our faith, but it's like we're on the outside looking in. It's like we hesitate to go further in our, in our faith, and by doing so, we limit the power of God to truly change our pain into victory. We all have times when pain holds us back. And, and, and it's easy to stay outside of the tomb. Um, when we're outside of the tomb, we're still in control to a certain extent. And, and, and we, we have the opportunity to glance in every now and then to reassure ourselves. But we hesitate to go further. But hear this. From the outside... The resurrection of Jesus is just history. 
without power. And Jesus is calling us to so much more. He wants us to experience his truth. He wants us to experience his spirit. He wants to change us. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. John continues in his gospel. He says that then Peter arrived. And Peter may have lost the race, but he, he's the one that enters the tomb. And Peter saw the, in, the, the stone had been rolled away. He saw the grave clothes. And, and I can just, you know, I can almost hear his, the thoughts going through his head. It doesn't make sense. This could not be a grave robbing. No one who would rob a grave would take the time to unwrap the body and then fold the linen and and, and put it in place. The Greek word used here to describe saw is thero, which means to see trying to understand. Trying to understand, to see with a certain amount of confusion, but you're um, intently looking to see to understand. John goes, Peter goes farther than John. He wants to understand. He's searching for answers. But at this point, nothing is making sense. Maybe it's the grief of losing Jesus or the guilt and remorse of denying Jesus, whatever it is. Peter has yet to see the real Jesus. And then the scriptures tell us that the other disciple the one who hesitated, John, he enters the empty tomb and something happens. He doesn't tell us what happens. He doesn't give us any insight to the impact, but what he does is that when he says, and he saw and believed, the third word is used, hurio. Hurio means to see with open eyes and spiritual understanding. John now sees the whole picture. He's the first follower to to see the real Jesus. He's the first follower to understand that Jesus is resurrected. He's the first follower that has spiritual understanding. Now, verse 9 tells us that that understanding is not yet complete. But John is on his way. For John sees the divine possibilities of what God can do through this. You know, many of us this morning find ourselves in John's shoes. There are times when life can be so hard and painful that we lose sight of God. We question God. We hesitate. But then, then the Spirit touches us. And and we often don't really understand what, what it is that is touching us, but we see with a different set of eyes. The Savior comes to touch us in spite of our hesitation, our failure, our doubt. And we see the real Jesus. Mary Magdalene did not run with Peter and John. But she follows them back to the cemetery. In her grief, she moves slowly. She's there now by herself, John and Peter have left. And it says there in verse 11 and 12, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over and looked in the tomb and saw two angels in white. 
At this point, she, when she sees, she goes from seeing without understanding to thero to see seeking understanding. Now, we don't know why John and Peter missed the angels. Um, John doesn't tell us. Maybe, maybe the angels came um, just to speak with Mary. But what we do know is that the interaction is life-changing for her. The angels say, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have taken him. She's trying to understand. She's trying to make that move. But it's just not there yet. And then when she heard this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But still, she doesn't know who he is. She thinks he's the cemetery gardener. She's still seeing with the eyes of the arrow, trying to understand, trying to put the pieces together in her mind. And Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And she doesn't answer the question. She says, sir, if you've taken him away, tell him where I can find him so that I will take him away or I will take care of him. And then one of the most touching verses in the Bible Jesus says to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni. Now, when we read this passage, we think that Mary turns physically. And Stefo does refer to that, but it does have a deeper meaning. The, particularly the imperative of which this form is used by John means a complete dynamic change or conversion. Mary went from observing without understanding to not only now seeing with eyes wide open, seeing with, 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 with her spirit to a change that, that was complete and whole. Master, teacher, Roboni, the resurrected Savior is standing before her. And Mary will never be the same again. She goes back to the disciples and she says, I have seen the Lord. And she, again, she uses, she uses the same word that, that is used for John Horeo. Her eyes opened with wonder and spiritual understanding. With confidence now, she proclaims to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Not that the body has been stolen, but I have seen the power. I have seen what Jesus can do. And with those words, the world will never be the same again. You know, for some who come on Easter and, and other times, we, we read these stories about the resurrection and we think of eternal life. We think of our place in heaven. We think that, and it is, it is a major doctrine of the church of life after death. But here's the deal. When Mary saw Jesus on that morning, she wasn't thinking about life after death. She wasn't thinking about what was going to happen 
after she died and going to heaven, she was thinking about the now. In seeing Jesus alive, in seeing the real Jesus, Mary experiences something more profound, profound than just life after death. Mary wasn't worried about that. Mary was excited because she saw and understood spiritually that if Jesus could defeat death, anything was possible. Anything was possible. So now Mary goes to the disciples and with an exclamation point, I have seen the Lord. I've seen Jesus. He's alive. He's not dead. I've seen him myself. Easter reminds us that Jesus Christ makes the difference in our lives. It makes the difference in our lives. You know, I could stand before you and I could give you all the different proofs that there would be for the resurrection of Jesus. There are more proofs for the resurrection of Jesus than in any other thing that happens in the first century. But what I want you to hear this morning is the power that Jesus has for our lives today makes the difference. And no matter what life may bring, no matter the nightmare, no matter the unexplained atrocities, unfair suffering, injustice, crushing failures, fractured dreams, even death, Jesus wins. <laughs> Our Lord is alive. You know, Easter is a song about tomorrow that's happening today. And no matter the wreckage of our yesterdays, not on this Sunday, not today, on this day, we proclaim he is risen. No matter the regret, guilt, and anxiety we may bring into this place, we let it go. Because on this day, we proclaim the risen Lord who can defeat all things. No matter the broken glass of our broken dreams, not on this day. Not here, not now. For the power of the resurrection, with open eyes and spirit, we proclaim. He is Lord. Here's the deal. When we... Make the Easter song of the risen Christ our song. God's strength, God's love, God's power, God's majesty, God's glory, God's zeal. God's resurrection becomes ours. Did you hear that? This is not just an event in history. It is claiming on this day what God can do for us through Jesus Christ. Easter does not deny the tough times. I, I wish I could say otherwise, but life is hard. But Easter sings of what Christ is doing in every situation to bring something more wonderful than we could ever imagine. So on this day, and maybe on every day to come, let us sing the song of Easter.
Let us sing the song of love's victory. Let us sing it like we own it. Let us sing it till it vibrates our soul. Let us sing it again and again and again. For when we sing the song of Easter, there is nothing that we cannot face. And our lives and the world will never be the same again. Not on this day. There was a woman who discovered that she had a terminal illness. And so she was a Christian woman. She was devout. And so she called her pastor and she said, I'd like to speak with you and to get everything in order. So he went to her house and she shared with him her last wishes about how her service and everything that she wanted. And they talked for a while and talked about... um, what was coming for her, and, and throughout it all, she had a big smile on her face. She was not afraid of death. The pastor kind of finished up and closed his notes, and, and she said is, and he said, is there anything else? And she says, you know, there's one more thing, <laughs> one more thing. She, she said, I want you to put a fork in my right hand in the casket. And the pastor looked at her like you're looking at me right now. What? A fork in your right hand? She said, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And the pastor said, well, I'm just kind of wondering, you know. And she said, well, I've been to church socials and potluck dinners my entire life. And she said, when the main course is cleaned up, Someone will always say, keep your fork. And I know with that, the best is yet to come. That chocolate cake, that deep dish apple pie, that cherry pie that the cherries are kind of, kind of oozing over the edge, topped with ice cream. The best is yet to come. Amen. The best is yet to come. And so when people ask, and they will, what in the world does she have a fork in, your, in her hand? I want you to tell them that I know that the best is yet to come. And so it is with us as we sing the song of Easter. Jesus is alive.